Chapter thirty two of the Young Woman's Guide to Excellence by William A. Alcott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Brea. Chapter thirty two. Moral Progress. After all I have said of the importance of physical, intellectual, and social improvement and progress, it is moral progress for which we were preeminently created. The great end of Christianity itself to use the words of learned and eloquent divine is to make men better than they were before but whether or not this expresses the entire truth one thing is certain that wherever christianity fails to make man better it fails of accomplishing its whole intention respecting him perhaps the apostle expressed the idea i would inculcate in the fewest words and in the clearest manner when he required his converts to quote, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and saviour jesus christ End quote. mere physical improvement or even physical perfection were it attainable would hardly be worth the pains if it were anything more than a means to an end we might study the subject of health and practise its excellent rules with the utmost zeal and faithful conscientiousness and yet it would hardly prove a blessing to us if it only gave us the more efficiency in the service of the world the flesh and the devil and the same or nearly the same may be said of intellectual improvement and progress there is a general tendency of both when conscience is properly trained and the heart set right is beneficial yet it is not necessarily so without a right heart and correct conscience satan is not wanting so to speak in intelligence or physical energy physical and intellectual development and progress therefore a little more than means to secure an end if they prove to be what it was the original intention of the creator they should be they are eminently conducive to our highest interests both as respects this world and the world which is to come if otherwise they do but accelerate and in the end aggravate our doom they tend but to make our condemnation the more sure and the more dreadful I have urged elsewhere the importance of conscientiousness in everything we do. Let me especially recommend you to make continual progress in excellence or holiness, a matter of conscience. Do not be continually measuring yourself, above all your spiritual self, by your neighbours. If you are the true disciple of Christ, and if you are what a Christian should be in this land of Christianity, you will not indulge yourself in comparisons with any but the Saviour himself. You will be daily and hourly striving to possess more and more of his spirit in the belief that without the spirit of christ you neither are nor can be his it is painful to think of the great number of individuals who go through life often through a long life and yet accomplish so little for themselves and others that they are free from outward immorality or blame as much so at least as their neighbours seems to satisfy them some of the best families i know are trained in this way they are excellent people they are disciples of christ if there are any such in the world we cannot say aught against them if we would they seem to discharge all the external duties of our holy religion with a most scrupulous exactness and they seem the whole family to bear the image of christ whatever is true or lovely is theirs or appears to be so and yet if you examine closely the matter you will find that much of all this is the result of circumstances they possess by inheritance a happy temper or they are in circumstances which make virtue easy to them 
but the spirit and genius of christianity require a great deal more than mere inoffensiveness though that is of itself certainly a great deal they require continual progress from glory to glory but this progress can only be made amid self-denial and cross-taking whoso taketh not up his cross daily and hourly is not a true disciple of the great teacher it is even through much tribulation only that we can enter into the kingdom of our lord and saviour now to what self-denials what tribulations what taking up of the cross do these easy lovely families of which i am speaking ever subject themselves trained happily they are generally healthy and therefore they have few trials from sickness they live in the midst of abundance and always have done so abundance of food clothing etc and what they regard as of the best quality and of what they regard as of the best quality they have more than heart can wish their eyes as it were stand out with fatness they know nothing of want they know nothing even of inconvenience except for some hapless moment when a neighbour gets a little ahead of them in the fashion of their dress their equipage or their tables then a feeling of envy peradventure a half-expressed feeling of detraction appears to mar for a short time their peace i have said that these inoffensive people these do-no-harm christians know nothing of want when and where have they cut themselves short of anything to which they were lawfully entitled for the sake of doing good to others they have indeed performed works of charity and mercy as much as other people of their own property and standing in society but they have given always of their abundance they have never given as to impoverish the giver so as to make themselves feel the least privation they have visited the sick but when has the time they have given seriously incommoded them have they not had time enough left for their own purposes have they not in this respect given of their abundance perhaps they have clothed the poor to some extent but have they denied themselves to do it have not their closets and houses and the neighbouring livery stable been well furnished and supplied notwithstanding have they not given in this respect wholly of their abundance and not like the good woman mentioned in the gospel of their penury it is exceedingly painful i say again to find professedly good people among us living as watts calls it at such a poor dying rate the professed disciples of a master who became poor for their sake by giving up not only the luxuries of life but even many of its necessities and yet not giving up or denying themselves a single thing all their lives long can such people expect to make advances in holiness to grow in grace and in the knowledge of christ and yet not act like him or follow him for be it always remembered the benefits of doing good are to those who do it more than to those to whom it is done this is the ordination and arrangement of providence quote, it is more blessed to give than to receive End quote. how sad a mistake then is made by those who seem from their conduct think there is little happiness in giving and that their charities abridge by so much their happiness instead of adding to it young woman should it be your lot to belong to one of these happy and excellent families for i do not deny they are among our best people after all though they are very far from having as yet come up to the self-denying self-sacrificing spirit of the lord that bought them and become willing to be poor and to suffer not a little want of time money etc 
for even their own apparent necessities temporal or spiritual i say if in the providence of god you have been accustomed to see almost the whole time and labour of a family with the avails of a handsome or at least respectable property used up year after year by that family in eating and drinking and sleeping and dressing comfortably in mere passive enjoyment in one word while the blessedness of active enjoyment in the doing good to others has hardly been known be it yours to break the chain that binds this circle of selfishness and go forth to the work of impoverishing yourself as did your lord and master think not to make any considerable moral progress otherwise the soul must have food as well as the body this continual indulgence of the body while the soul is unfed or only fair just enough to keep it from starving will never do for you if you yield to the influence of this fashionable kind of excellence and strive not to rise higher i will not say that you will live to little purpose but i will say that you will have but very little of real valuable immortal life till you pass beyond the bounds of time and space whereas you ought to begin your heaven here for quote, this is the will of god even your sanctification end quote. and it was the prayer of paul concerning some to whom he wrote quote, the god of peace sanctify you wholly end quote. will you not then o young woman in view of these considerations seek for deliverance from the spell that bounds thousands and millions of otherwise good people to a narrow selfish circle in which they continually wander coming round and round again every night to the same spot or nearly the same but making no considerable progress will you not study and labour and pray for more and more the spirit of him who not only stripped himself of every glory to which he had been accustomed but instead of attaining that which was his divine right deprived himself of everything which is calculated to make life comfortable in the common sense of the term and only sought his happiness in perfecting holiness in the fear of god by living and dying for his brethren the whole human family will you not henceforth study to be more and more conformed to the divine image to act less and less in conformity with a world whose predominating motive to action is selfishness end of chapter thirty two End of The Young Woman's Guide to Excellence by William A. Alcott I hope you enjoyed my reading.